Welcome to the Trade Secrets Inspections Podcast because you need to know. Here's your host, Rick Coyman. Hey there, this is Charlie McDermott, the producer of the Trade Secrets Inspections Podcast. And as always, I have my partner here, Rick Coyman, the owner of Trade Secrets Inspections. Rick, how are you today? I am doing excellent, Charlie, and it's great to be with you again. Thrilled to have you, and I always enjoy these sessions. Yeah, and, we got a good one today. <laughs> for our listeners, Rick has been teasing this episode. He has something real special, a, a little bit out of the box. Is that a, a good way to yeah, you can give me a whole lot of detail? Is that a, a good? Yeah, we're going to talk about something other than real estate today. We're going we're gonna to enjoy uh, understanding or appreciating our, ourselves and today and, and what's important to us. Oh, man. I love that. Well. Let's let's hear it, man. All right. So what I want to start talking about is how how we uh, how we live our lives, how we measure ourselves, and you know the history of where that comes from. You know, we all follow basic a week, a calendar. You know, and we chase the clock around all day long, and it's just kind of something that goes unobserved. Or where where did all that come from? You know, how did that how did that stuff come to be? Yeah. Yeah. So. So in, let's look at the history of calendars to start with, okay? So let's talk about real primitive stuff, you know, way back when. There was, you know, no no scientific instrument. So as a primitive being, you, you had basically two ways to measure time, right? You had day, the time between the two nights, right? <laughs> right. And you had essentially what was the month or the lunar cycle, the time between the new moons. And that oh, yeah. was pretty much what you had to observe. Right. You know, I mean, there were other nuances to be seen, but in general, for the average person, you, you, you saw the sun come up and go down, and that was your day. And then at yeah. night, you saw this other thing come and go, and it changed every day throughout the month. And that was the other measure of time, was the lunar month. Okay, so... The stars in the sky appear in different locations depending on where the Earth is in its orbit around the sun. But, you know, that wasn't really known at the time. But through observation, it became pretty obvious if you paid attention that, well, there was a cycle occurring, you know, and that you mm -hmm. could predict that this was going to happen or this was going to rise at this location because it did this once before. Right. Okay. So interesting. A, a, a way of measuring or or uh, let, let's create a cycle, right? The Egyptians, we all know, were lovers of the night sky. They, uh, the, the priests really studied the night sky, and, and they essentially watched what was what, what was called the dog star or Sirius, okay? And, and they, they watched and, and were able to notice that Sirius came up at the same point every 365 days. Hmm. So they took that and were able to, to use that measure to measure the number of days in the year as opposed to the lunar cycle. Because if you look at the moon, the moon cycles on 29 and a half days. So it's kind of out of sync. Right. Right? And, and a lunar year is actually 354 days. Okay? So mm -hmm. if 
followed the lunar calendar, which was what early people did because it was easier to track the lunar cycle and people lived by the moon cycles, hmm. the seasons shifted because you were missing a few days in your year. You Essentially, you were 11 days short while you followed the lunar cycle. Right. Well, the Egyptians figured that out by watching Sirius or the Dog Star and said, hey, there's actually 365 days in this rotation, and that helps us keep our seasons in line. Okay, wow. so they switched to the solar calendar at that point, right? And it, and right, it came right. about from watching the stars, but they moved to a day cycle calendar of watching the sun. Okay, so it changed <laughs> that irregularity or that shift. Um, and, and historically, we have a record of when the, the dog star year was first recorded. So this is kind of an oddity. And in, in AD 139 was recorded in Egypt as a dog star year. And based on the, the relative shifting of time, you could calculate when they first originated their calendar based on the shift because they're, they're still missing a little bit of time in their count of the days because our Earth actually orbits the sun in 365 days and approximately six hours. So that six hours is still in air for them and <laughs> they weren't accounting for it. So their calendar also drifted a little bit due to the six hours. But instead of drifting on like a 32 year cycle, it shifted on a 1460 year cycle. So it was less noticeable, if you will. Right. Okay, but as we got more and more civilized, these shifts in times started to become more noticeable because civilization was prospering. You know, people were starting to travel and alignments were becoming more important. And then we got into the Roman era and, and Julius Caesar comes to power and says, you know, this is, this is all out of whack. I need this better. So he employs someone to figure out how to make it better. And they figure out, hey, we're missing the six hours. So we end up with what we call the Julian calendar. Okay, So we left the Egyptian calendar and we went to the Roman calendar, the Julian calendar. Okay. So he, essentially, he said he, they figure this out. And in 46 BC, he says, all right, we're going to start over. I'm going to add 99 days to the, this year, 46 BC, to correct for the slippage. And we're going to start January 1, 45 BC, with a new calendar, the Julian calendar. Okay. Wow. So they add that six years, and in and, and doing it, they create leap year. Okay, so we've all heard of leap year, which is basically every four years, we add one day to the shortest month of the year to compensate for the six-hour shift. So, you know, <laughs> February 29th occurs every four years, essentially, is a leap year. Now, this is kind of odd. I found this interesting. At the same time that the Romans were figuring this out and making their calendar, on the opposite side of the world, independent, the Maya were doing the exact same thing. They created a 365-day calendar as well. They divided it up into 18 months, and they had 20 days in a month, and they created a calendar round, is, it, is what they called it. Huh. You know, it, it was intriguing that similar things were happening in society development 
on completely opposite sides of the earth when they were fully not in contact with each other, or as far as we know, right? Right, right. Right, so that's intriguing, and and that worked for a very long time. Wow. As we advanced into the new modern times, though, and we started to record and measure time more uh, accurately, I guess, and mm-hmm. we developed clocks. Again, it was realized that 365 days and six hours wasn't correct, and there was still an error there. Really? Yeah, really. So the actual right thing was 365, 48 minutes, and 46 seconds. Well, it's, three, it's 365 days, five hours, 48 minutes, and 46 seconds. That's the correct to from the Julian calendar to what we live with today. And today's calendar is actually known as the Gregorian calendar. Where did you get that name? Well, it was created by Pope Gregory III, who again said, hey, we have an issue in shipping and scheduling, and we need to figure out how to solve this problem. So he employed a mathematician, Christopher Clavius, to resolve that issue, and they decided that that missing little bit of minutes there amounted to an extra three days every 400 years. So they had a simple solution. They were like, well, how are we going to figure this out? Well, Pope Gregory III had a moment of genius, and he said, you know what? Let's take the centuries ending in zero, zero, so, you know, 2,000, whatever, just your your zero ending centuries, and if they're divisible by 400, then we're going to make those leap years. And if they're not, then they're not leap year. So what, just simplify that. So like the year 1600 is a leap year and the year 2000 is also a leap year. But in the year 1700, 1800 and 1900, we didn't have a February 29th leap year. Those years skipped the leap year to correct for the time. So is is that in addition to the every four years? Yeah, exactly. That's it's the correction to the leap year principle. Huh. So there's I a little bit that. modification to the four year every four year thing, in in that if the century ends in in zero and is divisible by four hundred, then it's not a leap year. Oh my goodness. Well, actually, it is a leap year. If it's yeah, not yeah. divisible by four hundred, then it's not a leap year. Wow. So it's kind of interesting. So there's a calendar, okay? So uh-huh. now we, we know we live with a Gregorian calendar, and it came through, you know, all of its developments. And then we're like, all right, but really we live by the week, right? Well, geez, the week is fully subjective, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, China developed a five-day week, which was basically established for work privileges. And then on the fifth day was the day of bathing and hair washing. So oh, you, you wow. your servants to the bone for five days right. or 40. And on the fifth day, you allowed them to take a bath. And then they actually moved that to 10 days. And I guess you took a bath every 10 days. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> we have a seven-day week. So where did the seven-day week come from? Well, uh, there's two general kind of ideas where that might have come from. One is the biblical story of creation, which we all know, you know, God created the earth and mm-hmm. on the seventh day he rested. Or there's the more likely story where the Romans created 
in the first century the seven-day week, and they named it after the seven known planets. So it started with the Roman names of the planets, and it got a little bit taken over by the Norse and the Norse gods, and they changed half of the days of the weeks to North gods' names. So you have the beginning of the week with Roman planet names, like Marty and Mercedes, and then you have Tui, Woden, Thor, and Frigg, which is actually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Hmm. <laughs> so they're just, they started off as these names of planets and names of gods, and the words have just been changed through dialects. And, it, you know, they, they're kind of uh, not exactly what they started with, but they have their roots in, in, in the names of planets and gods. Holy moly. Okay, so this is all arbitrary stuff, right? <laughs> now, 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 we got this calendar that we've taken, I don't know, a couple thousand years to figure out how to get right. And we made up this arbitrary week that we all live by. And we divided that up into hours so that we can all meet each other for lunch accurately. <laughs> but what does all this mean? We're talking about numbers. So this is where I'm going to really take you for a ride. Okay, so let's oh, look really? at what numbers mean. One to ten. We all know, you know, we can we can conceive of one to ten, or you know, the zero and the one. You know, so it's pretty easy to get ourselves from one to ten. But when we start talking about big numbers, it's hard to wrap your head around it. Okay, so let's take a look at money because we all can conceive of money, and let's look at Mr. Gates. So let's say Bill Gates is worth fifty-six billion dollars. Okay. So if we looked at that in a different way, we could say that he earned $3,000 a minute or $50 a second for his time he worked at Microsoft. It's a pretty good hourly rate. Yeah, not too shabby. <laughs> I mean, it literally, it says if, you took, if he took five seconds to stop and pick up a $100 bill off the floor, he was literally not using his time wisely. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But again, this is the power of numbers, okay? So we're trying to conceive of what does this stuff mean, all right? So we take one, two, one to ten, and we add, you know, billions and trillions and all that. So let's make sense out of that. So instead of money, let's look at it in time. We have one second equals one second, right? Well, if we take a million seconds, how long is that? It's actually 12 days. That's a nice vacation, right? Okay, a million seconds is 12 days. That gives you something to conceive of, right? Right. Well, what's a billion seconds? How long is a billion seconds? It's actually 30 years. Wow. Right? So when you go from a million to a billion, wow. it's hard to conceive of how big that step is. Yeah. You know, you went from 12 days to 30 years. Well, yeah. geez, what happens wow. when you go to a trillion? You know, we keep talking about this new number. With You know, to me, I'm like, man, we're talking about money in trillions now. I can't even conceive of this. What does this mean? Right. So what is a trillion seconds? Well, it's 30,000 years. <sighs> right? So you went from one second to a million seconds being 12 days, to right. a trillion seconds being 30,000 years. 
That's longer than the historical record of human civilization. I mean, there's some relevance or archaeological evidence that say there might be societies of 100,000 years or whatever. But you're still talking a trillion is seconds is 30,000 years. That's a huge number, right? So, you know, we measure, right? We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, so now let's now let's take this one step further. All right. So we all measure ourselves according to this earth year, day, hour, period thing, right? Right. Completely relative to ourselves. So how do I mean that? Let's say you meet an alien this afternoon. You go out and have lunch and you're gonna have it with the, the first extraterrestrial you ever met. Now the first thing you want to know is he gonna eat you. When we figure out that they're not a threat, <laughs> okay, let's see what we can learn from each other. So what would you want to ask your first alien friend? What would you want to know? I don't know. Where are you from? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe how do you measure time or how old are you? What scale would you use then? You can't measure it in Earth years. He's not from our solar system, right? right. So how do we relate to that? Um, Do they die? Do they have a life cycle? What do they know about how the universe was created or is there a God? I mean, these are deep thoughts, right? Mm. Okay, but we can all say that we can all ask these questions whether we're from Earth or not. So how do we look at the scale of things? Well, in, in an alien representation, we could look at it on a solar time scale. Right. So now that we've got an idea of what billions and trillions sounds like, our solar system that we live in is about five billion years old. Okay. The Earth was created about, you know, we're about three points, 13 point. Well, I I misspoke there. Our solar system, uh, present day, we're at 13.7 billion years since the Big Bang is what they say. Okay. Now, if the sun was created somewhere after the Big Bang, but before the Earth and all that, the sun is about 4.5 billion years old, and it's said to be about halfway through its life. So let's say that the sun lives to be 10 billion years old, at which point it's supposed to go in to become a red giant and absorb the Earth and all that, and the Earth will be gone. But that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at solar timescales. So if we measure the universe according to solar masses, at the end of the energy being consumed in the universe, it is estimated that all the stars will burn out in about 15 trillion years. Okay, so that's a really big number, but it's a really big universe, right? So think about it. In 15 trillion years, there will be no stars left in the sky. The universe will have gone completely black. Well, then what? Well, then you have all of eternity. So you're in, you've lost, you've left the solar era, and now we're into the next era of the universe, or the dark era, which we can't even begin to conceive of. <laughs> right? <laughs> So, so I guess the end of the story is, or where I'm taking you on all this, is, is you know, just recognize the absolute value of, of, of your actual personal existence, your actual time here, 
you know, that I think therefore I am proposition, you know, this moment right here, right now, and and it's absolute relevance or, you know, the specialness of it and and appreciate its first full value, you know, And, and the irony of what we think of as important to us is often not really what's important to us. What's really important to us is our recognition of our time and, and appreciating the value of being able, being able to recognize it and appreciate it while we're here. Wow. So from this point forward, I now address you as Professor Rick Coyman, uh, number <laughs> one. And, and, but more importantly, I mean, my goodness, you, you, you really did a nice job going through the history i had i 90 of what you had no idea i i snoozed through that class i guess or i just never heard of it or, um so that was insightful but you know to, to put this all in perspective about like you said our time here and the power of now right really appreciating you know every day every moment uh, yeah and 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 our loved ones and and, yeah. and what's important to us and and what's you know maybe relative to the moment important to us but not overall important to us in in the grand scheme of things so yeah yeah yeah, the power of numbers is it's an interesting thing the zero and the one how far they can go and amazing how that was figured out so long ago without computers and you know all that stuff that we just take for granted nowadays wow yeah it all starts with watching the sun and then watching the night sky and then figuring out the difference between the two and then trying to make sense out of what a trillion means. My goodness. I still can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, but that is such a leap. And then if you take those concepts and you, you apply them to something that they actually hold relevance to, which is you know kind of solar time scales. Yeah. And, and there's a finite period to that even. So All right. there we have it. Um, you blew me away today, so uh, thank you for sharing. <laughs> I mean, I I have no idea what's next, man. This is a uh, <laughs> this is great stuff. Something so, different, something fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. So thanks for the ride, and we look forward to the next episode, Rick. I mean, Absolutely. Professor Rick. <laughs> Till the next time, Charlie. Thanks for listening to the Trade Secrets Inspections Podcast. To learn more about Trade Secrets Inspections, go to www.tradesecretsinspections.com or call 239-537-1186.